The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here on Analyze This. Before I bring on uh, my next guest, um, let me do a, uh, some programming notes for tonight on Channel 12, which starts with the PBS News Hour at 7. Mavericks at 8 explored a fascinating story of freestyle athletes in the small towns of Montana. And then we got Nature at 9, Journey from Canada's High Arctic to, Bore to Boreal Forest and Discover How Animals Survive in the North. I got ask President Hal when he come on to help me uh, pronounce that word. Is Boreal or Boreal? Uh, uh, I learned something this morning. Then we got another edition of Nova at 10. <clears throat> explore the risk of a potential eruption of an ancient supervolcano under the Italian city of Naples, and then uh, Great Yellowstone Ta, explore how wildlife survives the brutal winter of Yellowstone, and then at midnight we got I'm Important Company, normally an 11 o'clock thing, but with time turned back. So now that starts at 12. So PBS News Hour at 7, Mavericks at 8, Nature at 9, Nova at 10, Great Yellowstone Ta at 11, and I'm Important Company at 12. Joining me now, right, and I'm going to ask, um, I'm going I'm to uh, ask the president, uh, beg the president's indulgence because we got President David Hall uh, with us on the line. Good morning, Mr. President. Glad to have you on. Good morning, President Hall. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, uh, good. Good morning good. and glad to be here with you. Good morning and happy holidays. And we also got... Uh, on the line, um, Mr. Ernest Ruffin. It's my understanding, Mr. President, uh, that uh, we got a basketball tournament this weekend uh, going on at UVA? Um, I believe there is. Uh, we are not participating in it, so I'm not, I don't know all of the details of that. Yeah, I, I think the lady, I think the lady Buccaneers uh, are supposed to be a part of that uh, uh, HBCU tournament. So uh, hold on a second here. Uh, the line keeps on dropping. So how you been, Mr. President? I, I've been doing good, doing good. Uh, uh, we've had a, a very busy and protect, uh, productive uh, semester, and uh, I am uh, glad it's coming to uh, to a close so all of us can uh, get a little rest before we come back for the next semester. Okay, good. Now, um um, how 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 has the university been coming along um, um, in terms of because we move we get further away from that window back in 2017 with Irma and Maria impacting the university and also also impacting admissions and all that stuff how are we making out well we're doing good and this semester uh, has had a number of bright spots as it relates to that event, uh, those events that you're talking about. We had our largest enrollment at the beginning of the fall semester for new students than we've had in some time. We had about 20% increase in freshmen, 4% uh, increase overall. And uh, that is significant because uh, since the hurricanes and then with the pandemic uh, that has caused or those events caused some 
uh, declines in our enrollment. And so to see that type of increase, especially in freshman students this fall, uh, it was very encouraging. We uh, are looking at preliminary numbers for the spring and we see continuous growth there. Uh, and that's a good thing. Um, the uh, Specifically, and this is not related to the hurricanes, but uh, as you know, a couple of years ago, we started our agriculture degree programs uh, based on uh, support from the local government and uh, various senators were strong advocates for us doing that. And we now have close to 30 students uh, majoring in agriculture, uh, either doing the associates or doing the bachelor's degree. And that's such an encouraging sign because um, this was a high priority or is a high priority for the territory. We've all had concerns as to whether this generation of students would be interested in pursuing agriculture. And so our early results are very uh, encouraging. Uh, but going back to the uh, kind of consequences of the hurricanes, uh, overall we lost about 12 buildings we could not utilize. And over these six years, uh, we've been having to restore them, and that's been such a slow process. Uh, but this semester, uh, we were able to complete the construction of the Marine Science uh, building on our St. Thomas campus. Uh, the faculty have been out of that all this time, and they will be able to move in over the break and at the start of the new semester. Uh, Quarters B, which is another uh, academic building on St. Thomas, uh, will was completed uh, this semester and should be ready for people to move in in the spring. And going back to agriculture, our aquaponics facilities uh, were destroyed by Maria, and they were completed uh, this semester and should be operational uh, in the spring. Uh, so from a facility standpoint, uh, we made very good progress uh, this semester, and those are just a few examples. We still have some uh, remaining challenges, and RICOL is certainly one of them. We are working with FEMA to try to create a pathway for us to be able to rebuild uh, RICOL. Um, but from that standpoint, uh, we have made good progress, and again, because of support uh, from the legislature and the governor, uh, we were able to break ground this semester on the new nursing building on the St. Croix campus, uh, and we had quite a good turnout of uh, where, 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 dignitaries, both where, nationally where, 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 and locally. Where on the property is that going to be? It is going to be right uh, next to the medical simulation center building. Okay, good. Uh, okay. So there will be good collaboration and synergy between the medical uh, school simulation uh, center building and the nursing building. We're also going to move our health sciences uh, operations into the nursing facility when it's completed so that our nursing faculty can be involved with the campus nurse, uh, et cetera. So those are uh, a few highlights. Uh, I have a whole lot of other things I can talk about, but I'll stop here and see if you have some additional questions. <clears throat> well, actually, no, no, I, I, you're on a roll. You know, you must be butter 
You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> <laughs> you had a roll this, this morning. We should go first of all. Congrats with the Agriculture Business Center. Um, I think you had a great hall event last week, right? You had an event at the Great right, Hall. We did. And you're gonna yeah. and you're gonna do a you're gonna have an event in the early part of 2024 in St. Thomas, right? That is correct. <clears throat> and I do want to put in context that opening because though the UVI is taking the lead on the development of the Ag- Agriculture Business Center, this is all part of the agriculture plan that was developed yeah. and embraced by the Senate and the governor. And you were you are task force you are task force co chair with um, uh, then Commissioner um, Nelson, right? Exactly. And that task force has transitioned into what we call now the Local Food and Farm Council, mm-hmm. which is co-chaired by myself and uh, the n- new commissioner-designee for agriculture, Dr. Lewis Peterson. Mm-hmm. And we have a number of members, and I won't go through all of their names, but from key agencies uh, and other uh, individuals and we are overseeing the implementation of the plan because certain aspects of the plan uh, were funded and the Ag Business Center was one of them and we uh, gave our small business development center the responsibility of developing that. And in a very short period of time, they have been able to do it. We had the launch uh, on St. Croix, as you indicated last week, uh, in, ja- in early January, we'll have the launch uh, on St. Thomas and thus St. John. And uh, it's just uh, a very important step because it says this idea came from the farmers when we were developing uh, the ag plan in one of our town halls. Uh, that was one of the things they said, because as farmers, they are also business people, and they need assistance in making sure the business is operating properly. Uh, and now this resource will be there. Uh, there's no charge. Uh, all they have to do is make an appointment and show up. So that's the first step in us implementing the ag plan. There are a number of other things in the works. Uh, and I will be glad to come back uh, once some of those other initiatives are ready to be um, implemented and share some of the details about that. No, uh, quickly, I, I've been bragging about something I think the Biden administration needs to be given credit for. They've established a dozen um, food distribution and uh, centers, uh, um, not center, regions, right, throughout America. Mm-hmm of which the Virgin mm-hmm. Islands is included in one with Guam, Hawaii, Alaska, and the other um, uh, insular possessions. Uh, the Good Food Council with Summer Sibley uh, is playing a lead, right. role, lead role in that. You're familiar with that, sir? Yes, I am. And she has come uh, to the council and shared what her plans are. Uh, she also uh, uh, shared some of this when we were uh, working on the plan itself. Uh, so... Uh, our goal is to work closely uh, with her, and um, uh, she is quite a leader in this in this field. Okay, good. Now, one of my callers just suggested an agriculture engineering degree, 
And um, I, when, I, when you were talking, because uh, I like the fact that, you know, the university continues to evolve and, and adds, um, you know, majors in, in, in critical areas, not just for edu- uh, educational areas, but need areas uh, for the territory. So I was thinking, what about uh, energy? Uh, since, since we've started about uh, since we started with agriculture and we're on our way, and you said we got thirty students, and I want to wish them well. I want to wish everybody well who uh, is uh, at our institution, our highest institution of learning. But what about energy? Given all of these different, um, you know, resources that we have around us, I know we're, we've been in, in, in the throes of a uh, energy crisis for almost two decades, but we still got a lot of, you know, alternative uh, dynamics in abundance here in the Virgin Islands. What about looking at that down the road? Well, you are right on target. Uh, This fall, uh, we uh, implemented a associate's degree in renewable energy. Oh, yeah? Uh, Wow. uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. uh, Our Center for Caribbean Center for Green Technology under the leadership of uh, Dr. Greg Wannell developed a proposal for the associate's degree, and we were able to seek some funding uh, from the Department of Education uh, through the Title III program. Uh, And he spent a lot of time working on it and developing it, and it was uh, implemented uh, uh, this fall. Uh, He is also in the process of, uh, on both of our campuses, developing uh, renewable energy labs, which are, they're small buildings, but they will be buildings uh, that will be operated exclusively based on renewable energy uh, as a way of teaching our students and others how renewable energy works uh, to be able, both from a scientific and practical standpoint, uh, learn uh, about this very important industry. So uh, we do have the associates that is no, available. Man, that's a good start, man. And depending on the response of students, it's certainly possible that in the future that associate's degree could, you know, uh, turn into uh, a bachelor's degree. And the, the, the suggestion is uh, uh, if you want to get into the energy field, a, a, good, a good area, uh, a good degree would be environmental studies. So for those who may be listening and, you know, are looking at that, you know, maybe that's a, a discipline that you might want to look at um, as a precursor for getting into uh, energy uh, as a, a career profession. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. And we have an environmental uh, studies minor, mm-hmm. uh, which is a part of our marine science uh, program. Okay, that's nice. Uh, so students can already, if they're interested in environmental studies, uh, they can... Uh, Hello. It looks like we lost um, President President Hall. I was going to ask him though, and hopefully um, we hook, we hook back up with him soon. I don't know if he hit a mute button or what, but um, you know, back in the day, because he he meant he's mentioning uh, marine uh, <clears throat> biology. Um, I was going to ask him if he's aware of the fact that um, Fairly Dickinson. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson University in New Jersey actually had a lab uh, here up on the eastern island, eastern part of the island of St. Croix. So I was going to ask him that. It uh, looks like we've lost uh, contact uh, with um, the man. So he's calling back. Hopefully he's calling back. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, anytime we could, you know, continue to diversify our educational portfolio, 
at the uh, University of Virgin Islands. Uh, that's that's a good thing, Mr. President. You're back on the line. Yes, I am. Okay. I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what happened. The call dropped. I was going to ask you if you're aware of the fact that way back in the day, Fairleigh Dickinson had a lab here on Saint Croix because you were talking about marine biology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had a lab here at the Fairleigh Dickinson University in New Jersey. Uh, they, right. they they had a lab here. They, it, 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 was that was that the one at Salt River? No, that no no that wasn't at Salt River. This one was up on the eastern oh. end of the island, up there by the Saint Croix Yacht Club, and oh. uh, something happened around uh, around Hugo around that time, Hurricane Hugo. And okay. uh, but but the folks on the mainland they've recognized that you know we have we have a lot of value here in in the territory, uh, Mr. President. You want to speak a little bit about um, you know how valuable um, an asset uh, the Virgin Islands is and can be uh, for the for, oh. for those folks on the mainland. Oh, Without a doubt, and uh, and I think sometimes others see uh, our value uh, more than we do. But, That's right. Uh, going back to the point around uh, this marine environment, mm-hmm. uh, it is not only important from a uh, ecological standpoint and preserving the beauty that exists and. That's what so much of our researchers in the Marine Science Center does, is to do research around coral reefs and other uh, sea life to make sure we are preserving uh, the environment. Our uh, uh, EPSCOR grant is exclusively focused on that, and that is important. But there is an economic development aspect to the uh, you know, blue economy, as people are labeling it, uh, in regards to transportation, in regards to tourism, uh, et cetera. And this is a gem that uh, we are all entrusted with, and we have to explore and take care of the uh, ecological aspects of it, the economic, the social aspect of it as well, because it impacts uh, all aspects of life. The other part of that is just the strategic location yeah, of man. the Virgin Islands. As a part of the U.S., uh, it is strategically placed in the Eastern Caribbean, uh, and I think we need to do a better job, and this is more pointed at the federal government, in being able to take advantage of the location uh, of the U.S. Virgin Islands. Let me stop you. Let, let me stop you right there. That's a great point. Okay. And we'll take a break when we come back, and we'll also talk about um, that our location and and how it was seen from back in way back in the day as connecting right. us okay. with with the Panama Canal. We talk about a little bit yeah. about that, right? So we'll take a break. Be back with the UVI President David Hall. Opportunities at Bank of St. Croix. Bank of St. Croix offers CDs for education, homes, or vacations. Bank of St. Croix has two locations, one in Gallus Bay at 340-773-8500 and one in Peter's Rest at 340-713-8500. A penalty might be imposed for early withdrawal, new money only. Funds may not be transferred from existing Bank of St. Croix accounts to CDs. Rates subject to change at any time. Fees may reduce earnings and principal. www.bankofstcroix.com Member FDIC. As the news gets more complex and changes through the day, you need more than just a quick headline check. Here and Now keeps you connected to your world between Morning Edition and All Things Considered as the news and the people shaping it are changing in real time. I'm Robin Young. Follow along on Here and Now. 
NPR News weekday afternoons. From 2 to 4 on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Naples, Italy. Two volcanoes and three million lives at stake. The most dangerous volcano in the world. Scientists scramble for answers. That spike in carbon dioxide might mean new magma coming into the volcano. But can Pompeii offer clues? Can we predict? This can erupt at any time, even tomorrow. The next Pompeii on Nova. Tune in December 13th at 10 p.m. on WTJX TV Channel 12. And we're back here analyzing this, having a great discussion uh, with the UVA president, uh, President David Hogg. Good morning once again, Mr. President. Glad to have you on. Good morning. Glad to be here. Good. So we're talking about uh, our strategic location, and I'm reading from the Sunshine SunshineDaydreamVI.com uh, commemorative plate uh, discussion. They say the Panama Canal, was, which opened in 1914, was a crucial strategic asset for the United States connecting the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. To protect this vital waterway, the U.S. government recognized the need for a strong naval presence in the Caribbean region. Denmark, the colonial power ruling over the Danish West Indies, faced economic challenges in administering the islands effectively. Danish government had difficulty managing the island's finances and maintaining necessary infrastructure developments. The situation presented an opportunity for the United States to negotiate the purchase of the Danish West Indies, which led to the transfer and sovereignty. Negotiations for the acquisition began in 1902, but faced several obstacles before reaching a final agreement in 1917. Of course, you were here for our centennial in 2017, six years ago. And then, of course, yep. you know, of course, we got knocked about uh, six months later with Irma and Maria. But the reality is um, our location is, as you uh, aptly said, you know, very, very um you know, important and and not only important, valuable. And um, your uh, statement with respect to getting the federal government to contribute even more and look at how our location can serve as a uh, as the asset that it was seen as over a hundred years ago is important, Mr. President. Uh, no doubt. Uh, and even though at that time it was more from a military yeah. and transportation standpoint, um, it has evolved to be more than that because we should be a beacon for the rest of the Caribbean uh, in regards to whatever the aspirations of the United States is from an economic standpoint, from a uh, medical standpoint, etc. And and just to give you an example where I, I believe that there are things, if we could partner with the federal government more, uh, we could take greater advantage of our location and the impact that we could have. 
one of the things that we've been working on, as you well know, is the development of a, of a medical school, uh, in part because we want to improve the quality of health care in, in these islands, but it will do the same for uh, the rest of the Caribbean as well. And one of the facilities that will be a part of the medical school complex that should be finished in April is the biomedical laboratory. Uh, which would allow for very cutting-edge biomedical research to occur in this region um, that's not going on uh, right now, certainly happening in the mainland, but it's not going on in this region at the level that we anticipate. And one of the things I uh, uh, became aware of based on a report from uh, one of our faculty members that over the years we have been able to produce some outstanding students in the biomedical field. And we had to, or the faculty members had to develop a report for this grant that we received to help those students presently since that grant has been in existence. And I think it's about 10, 15 years. Uh, we have presently 22 Virgin Islanders who have completed their PhD in biomedical areas. And we have 12 who are presently pursuing their PhDs at various schools in biomedical research. And when you think about that, this is all of these individuals who have different areas of expertise who all came from this institution and we didn't have the lab. <laughs> Just imagine uh, what will happen in the future when that laboratory is up and operating and many of those individuals we can try to lure back so they are doing some of their research here uh, in the Virgin Islands as opposed to it all being done someplace else. So that's another example of this theme you've talked about, which is that we don't fully understand the gym uh, that exists here. And it's not just the gym in regards to our location, it's the gym in regards to institutions we have and what those institutions are able to uh, produce. And so I think if you were to stop anyone on the street and ask them, uh, how many UVI graduates have PhDs in biomedical science? They would buy, I don't know, maybe one. Uh, we got 22 individuals who now have those types of degrees. Uh, and so that's just a, a way of emphasizing that there is so much untapped potential and we have to continue to uh, utilize what we have and the federal government and other entities need to be supportive of uh, trying to maximize the potential that exists here in the Virgin Islands. Well, Mr. President, we also have tapped potential here in the Virgin Islands to include my audience and one of my listeners, one of my uh, loyal listeners said, hey, Neville, they did have a lab also at Salt River. Mm -hmm. we, we moved that back yeah. to the U.S. So, Mr. President, you were absolutely correct. You had a lab there. I, yeah. I, I, I forgot about that, that lab because I was so focused on heading to Kramers yeah. Park and seeing the, the Farley Dickinson uh, lab up there. And then, and then, so while you were talking, uh, you know, some of us, we, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Uh, th there was a story, right, in, in the New York Times, July 21st, 1985. And here what it says. 
a college succeeds in St. Croix. And they were talking about Fairleigh Dickinson University. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So we've had we've had this this discussion on the table yeah. talk about universities working uh in, in tandem, in concert with yeah. the UVI, with, with the University of yeah. Virgin Arts for obvious reasons. I think we have a relationship with Puerto, University of Puerto Rico, right? Uh, we do, and we have some grants with them, uh, with NOAA, uh, that we're yeah, doing yeah. research in the uh, in the oceans. How, Howard Forbes, I think Howard Forbes Jr., right? He plays a part in that? Right. At DPNR? Yes, yeah. 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 Yeah, and, and, and here, here's what they said. The West Indies Laboratory, this is 1985, you know, averages 100 to 125 students a year. Mm-hmm. Todd Russell was the director of overseas program for Fairleigh Dickinson. We actively recruit students for our overseas units through mailings and campus visits. I've visited more than 50 college campuses since being appointed in 1982. So we actually had we actually had the ability to do things. And, and another example, unfortunately, that we've regressed in, in areas to include education, higher and higher education. So um, yeah. we, we got the potential. So you know that untapped no potential. Doubt. About. And just to say a small thing about the Salt River, the reason that one came to my mind is that about five years, five or six years ago, we were trying to resurrect that land okay, at Salt okay. River, working with a number of uh, institutions uh, in the mainland who were in marine science uh, and with the Park Service, because the land now uh, is part of the Park Service, Correct. and we were trying to raise the funds to be able to uh, reinstitute the lab. So, I, you know, that project has fallen off the agenda, but it, it is just a reminder oh, that... No, no, no. It, it, it just came back on. You know I'm with this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it just came back on. And, and just, okay. just, yeah, yeah, just quickly, they said here, we have, we have had some semester-long courses with only 12 students. We could handle as many as 50. The ideal enrollment size is 30 to 40. The laboratory is not designed to run in the black, but with 30 to 40 students, tuition could pay 75% of operational costs. And that was almost 40 years ago. So if they could see it back then, Mr. President, then we could do it now. I mean, we've made so many advancements in so many areas. I mean, the Internet is a classic example. I mean, we we can do things. So, you you know, I'm big on whatever we could do. Uh, to, to yeah. make things better, in particular as it relates to education and specifically literacy, which is what which is yeah. what I want to talk to for two minutes real quickly. Can you give a plug? Okay. Can you give a plug to how valuable libraries are for our community and in particular our young uh, people? Libraries. Uh, it is it is just extremely valuable, and the present state of things is not where they should be because. When students are exposed uh, to reading and being in an environment where there are unlimited resources, and that's what libraries should be, unlimited ideas, pathways to learning that they can be exposed to, it changes their lives. We just have so much evidence of that. And in regards to the territory, uh, we need to be able uh, to advance and support uh, literacy and building our libraries uh, to uh, another level. Um, our libraries on campus get greater use now uh, because there are parents who are homeschooling and others who are just 
curious and want to expose their children uh, to learning and reading uh, come and, and utilize it. Uh, but we need to make uh, books and reading more accessible. And yes, the Internet allows individuals to be able to access uh, books and materials, but there is still something special about being in a facility yeah, where you are just surrounded by those resources yeah. and there are people there. And, 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 and a book and a book in hand, reading from an actual book and not on an yeah. electric, electric device. Electrical yeah, device. It makes, no, it is a difference and we need to and we need to keep both in front of our our children. Uh, the more uh, literate our population is, uh, the more they will be able to discover uh, new things for about themselves and about this community, and the more they will be able to contribute to the development of the Virgin Islands. So that certainly has to be a, a priority. And the more they will want to discover the world, uh, and which reminds me that I certainly need to let people know about our passport to the world. To the world. Program. Yeah, man, go right ahead. Uh, you know, presently we have about 28 individuals, a combination of uh, faculty, students, administrators, and community members uh, who are spending 10 days in uh, Colombia and Panama as a part of our Passport to the World program. Um, last year we went to Egypt and Prior years, we've gone to Ghana and other places, uh, and we had 78 uh, individuals who went to Egypt this past May, and about 15 of them were our students. And it's just a way of letting students know uh, how vast this world is and yet still how similar cultures and people are. Um, a lot of times students say, I want to leave the Virgin Islands because I've grown up here. I want to see the world. And I, our response to them is you can attend UVI and still see the world through our Passport to the World program, through student exchange. We send students to so many national competitions and conferences because uh, – we want them to know what's happening all around them and yet to connect that back to where they live and, and study. That's awesome. Congratulations uh, with all of those uh, uh, endeavors as a result of the Passport to the World. What's the biggest challenges for the UVA right now? Well, it remains the same, which is uh, resources. Mm -hmm. um, when we have had the type of drop in enrollment uh, that occurred because of the hurricanes and the pandemic, uh, that creates a tightness in our uh, budgets. Uh, we were supported uh, a lot through the CARES funds, uh, but when they went away, we had to uh, create a way of uh, addressing that structural deficit, and I'm proud to say that for our FY 2024 budget, it is a balanced budget with no supplements coming from the federal government. And that came about through that enrollment growth and tuition increases and tightening our belts in different ways. Mm -hmm. But to achieve uh, <clears throat> the vision 
that we have for UVI. It requires more resources. The uh, medical school project is one example of where we need uh, major gifts or support from the local government to be able to bring that into reality. We have the facilities. We just need to be able to make it operational. Salary increases for our faculty and staff. We have a hard time holding on to individuals. The turnover rate is just too high, and part of it is people get lured away uh, because they can earn more other places. And so, I'm and, very and the cost of living, and the cost of living in the territory, and the cost of living, on the money. that uh, a greater challenge. So, I'm thankful that. Um, the Senate and the governor uh, provided a 3% uh, raise pool for the university this year, as they did for other government employees. But we have to do that annually. We cannot have a raise for employees one year, and then we go two to three years yeah. without yeah. occurring. You just fall behind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so we need resources in, in that regard. Um And I also just believe that when you can fuel creativity, when you can say to people, if you come up with an idea, you know, here are some funds for you to be able to implement that idea, uh, we would see even more things coming from the uh, university and I'm sure from other sources as well. But when, when our resources are constrained, I think it constrains people's creativity and thinking because the natural reaction is, well, why why do this? It'll never get funded. And we need to be able to send the opposite message, which is if you think of it and it's viable, we can support you. And so the greatest challenge is, uh, uh, is going to be resources. Um, uh, but uh, I think uh, we will continue, or the university will continue uh, to move forward. There's a, a clear foundation, uh, and I uh, am just so proud of the students we attract uh, and the faculty and employees that uh, exist in the institution that has allowed us to be successful. The things that I've just mentioned, uh, the successes, is a product of people working together. Uh, to move the institution forward. Uh, We had some outstanding hires at the beginning of the year. Uh, As you know, we have a distinguished professor of entrepreneurship uh, position, and Mm. we lost the person who had been in that role, Dr. Tim Faley, Mm. and we were fortunate to uh, replace him with Dr. Nelson Pozzaro. He is yes, that, that, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a break on, uh, that, on that note right there. Take a break on that note right there now. Jerry, okay. Jerry yeah, yeah, we'll take a break. And uh, Jerry Barnes, whoever out of the West, thank you very much for educating me uh, and reminding me of what we had back in the day. We'll take a break. Be back right after this. Sangle, you spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. 
The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. He said that black smoke was constantly coming out of the burn pits 24-7. And my reaction to it was like, wow, that doesn't sound very safe. wonder what that's about. And in my mind, I couldn't imagine at the time that type of system operating could potentially harm our service members. Journalism that seeks and reveals. That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. How do we know words? How do we accumulate words? Writer Edna O'Brien. Are they there in us before we know them? She follows a quest many writers can understand. As if these words were the generators of some kind of magic. Authors, artists, sports, news, and maybe even some magic. Every Saturday on Weekend Edition from NPR News. Weekend Edition, Saturdays at 8 a.m. on WTJX FM 93.1. back here uh, analyze this wrapping up a conversation a, a smooth and a great conversation with the UVA president Mr. David Howe before I go back to uh, Mr. President I want to give a shout out to Sunshine Daydream Boat Charters over there in St. John they were the ones that uh, when I googled the Panama Canal and the Virgin Islands uh, their blog came up and apparently they exist over there in Cruise Bay right so I want to give a shout out to so Sunshine Daydream Boat Charters you know I'm, I'm a big proponent of promoting St. John, uh, Mr. Mr. President, because uh, we tend to focus St. Croix and St. Thomas, but St. Right. John arguably is the loveliest of the three. Even even though I'm pro St. Croix, I mean, that's where I'm from, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I got to give Jack, I go give Jack his jacket, right? St. John is absolutely gorgeous. And we want to give a shout out to Sunshine Daydream Bochadas. This is a brilliant, this is a, look, and I'm an education, I'm a history buff anyway. And this is a nice little blog they have here about the acquisition of the U.S. Virgin Islands strategic and economic implications. SunshineDaydreamVI.com is the website, and you'll get a little history lesson there as well. It's awesome. Um, Mr. President, you good? Everybody good? Everybody good for you? All is well? Family, everybody good? Everybody's well, um, and uh, we are... The reason reason why I ask is because I'm hearing things. Like that, that's what I heard. I, I was watching a comedy show, and Joe Pesci said, "I heard things." You know, to say that in Italian, I heard things. Um, uh, is your is your is your uh, your tenure as president uh, actually coming to an end? Is that true? Oh, that is true. That that is a thing. That's for real. <laughs> uh, two years ago, I informed the board that uh, at the end of this uh, third five-year term that I would be stepping down as president. I think 15 years as a president is enough for any institution, though there are examples of people going much longer. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, you know, I feel that uh, at this point, the institution uh, could benefit from new leadership. I also feel in my own personal life that I want to be able to uh, have more time to explore research and teaching and writing things that originally drew me to the academy and uh, and this administrative work makes it hard for one uh, to do that and also want to be able to spend more time uh, with my family so the two, end of 2009 July, 2009 2010 was your first year right that is correct yeah so the three, uh, the, that, the, that, 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 so, that goes back to when you were giving me a hard time as a new president yeah I, I, remember, I, remember, I remember yo 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 check this out right I, I'm glad that we could look back at it and all that stuff right uh because I, I, I and I want the public to just vision this right I am at a um this is this is 2010 election right I'm at the Great Hall on UVA, and I had never met the president at this point. But I saw this tall dude sitting in the back with his legs folded, and somebody nudged me and said, "That's David Hall back there, you know, right?" So, so I looked over there, and and, and you know, our first encounter because I I referenced him because we were talking about UVA, and I said, "You see that man down there in the back? That's the man. I need to check." So he, uh, the president may have assumed that I was an enemy, but I was always a friend, man. You know what I'm saying? And then we came to have a relationship over the years. So 15 yeah, years went so fast, Mr. Did, President. Now, I have to share my memory of yeah, you. Yeah, okay? yeah, go right ahead. That, that, may, that may be your yeah. first. <laughs> my, my first is being in the Senate chamber. Uh, and there was this um, bill to... Uh, have the university take over um, uh, what's the King's Alley? Oh uh, yes, and, yes, and, yes. Uh, the, ho the, the, the hotel. There was a hotel down in King's exactly. Alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> there was this question coming from the senator uh, called uh, Neville James. <laughs> Um, uh, Mr. President, the law only says uh, an MOU, right? It's not forcing anything on you, uh, is it? <laughs> it's like, who is this guy? Yo, 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 your, your memory, your memory is still sharp, Mr. President. You, uh, congratulations, but, I, I'm glad. But, but, but I, but I raised that because you are right. Uh, in those early days, uh, uh, yourself and others, I think, were challenging me as this new person who had been entrusted with this very precious institution, and that's understandable. Uh, but over the years, I have grown, grown to respect uh, you and others who have been very supportive of the institution. Nah, man. Uh, nah, and I am... That's ours, uh, man. It, it, it belongs to us, man. It's ours. We, yeah, we, yeah. We, and, and I think we need to... Uh, and you actually made a statement earlier in the conversation that there's, there are things that um, people people outside the territory look look like they appreciate it more than we do, and we can't have that, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and so I'm glad that, uh, you know, in, in my term as a elected official, you know, that we did some things to support that. As Senate President, I was yeah. uh, I, I, I was on the endowments, right? Uh, what, what was it, the endowments board? Uh, mm -hmm. So we'd, come, yeah. we'd meet, we'd meet yeah. with UVI, I believe, on a quarterly basis. Ms. Gilchrist was, yeah. was managing that yeah. uh, endowments. One of my listeners yeah. is asking, uh, how, how are we doing with endowments mm. at this point? Um, well, our endowment is, uh, is clearly growing. We're 
somewhere around 65 million now. Um, and that has to do with the way in which the foundation board has uh, been able to invest those funds and also contributions that have come in. We've gotten major gifts from Kirill Sokolov over the years and other donors, and that's how our endowment grows. It kicks off 5% to the university. So in addition to the support from the local government, our tuition and support from the endowment is what allows us to be able to do uh, what we need to do. Um, and the other thing, uh, you know, going back, if my memory is correct, I think you were in the Senate when the free tuition yeah, bill man. came yeah, forward. Yeah, yeah, that was 2017, that, 2018, somewhere between there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that is uh, something that also has made a difference. Uh, that growth that I was talking about uh, in regards to students this fall, uh, is uh, a product in, uh, in part of uh, having a free tuition uh, program for Virgin Island uh, students. So, uh, and that's the and, and consistent and consistent with a lot of uh, jurisdictions on the mainland. Say that again. And consistent with a lot of jurisdictions on the mainland. Well, uh, not a lot, unfortunately. No? We are cutting edge. We are cutting edge in that regard because the jurisdictions in the mainland that do it, they do it for community college. Community, you're right. You're right. That, that's what, that's what I'm talking no, about. That, that, that are, one, yeah. Uh, yeah ours, no, I apologize. I apologize. There is a distinction between the University of the Virgin Islands and community colleges on the mainland. Two different, yeah. two different levels. Yeah, yeah, and and it makes a difference because we are one of the few four-year institutions that have uh, free tuition. And in addition, uh, and I don't want to get too technical, one of our unique aspects of the program is that we allow it to be the first mile as opposed to the last mile yeah. because other programs you only tap into that after you've used up all of your other dollars <laughs> or other support mm -hmm. we give it to students up front so that they can use their pell grants for housing and books and other things oh, okay. so okay that's the awesome support of the legislature and the governor around free tuition has really been significant as with other programs, you know, we wouldn't have agriculture degrees, we wouldn't have a master's in social work and a number of other programs, but for the support of the legislature so and, and the governor. So the partnership between a university and a local government uh, is critical in order to move uh, jurisdiction forward. Finally, um, Mr. President, um, last year I was part of a, a communications um, summit that you, that the university had and one of the, the students that was speaking with um he's from the philippines uh, we, our tentacles reaching reaching far mr mr president oh uh, it does and we want it to continue to reach uh that far uh this uh friday past friday we signed a memorandum of understanding uh with a university in taiwan uh, for a student exchange programs where our students would go there and some of their students would come here. The uh, director general from the government of Taiwan was in the RT Park. That's where the, the uh, meeting was occurring. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so we're, we're engaging in different initiatives to bring students from around the world. Uh, some of our 
administrators went to Ghana uh, recently and uh, came back with 40 applications from students in uh, Ghana wow. to come to UVI. Yeah, so that goes back to our earlier discussion. We have to understand that we are on an island, but we are a global player. And we have to continue to do that from education, economics, uh, etc. That's what I'm talking about. When in 2024 um, is your is your so long? Uh, July, the end of July. End of July. So, so we got my, so we got my last month. So can we commit to at least two more conversations between now and then? At least I am I am at your command. So when you need me, I will I will be here. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to make the uh, community aware of, and your show does an excellent job of doing that. Uh, there's a lot happening in UVI that we have planned for the spring, and also, as I said, the uh, local food and farm council. We have a number of initiatives that will be developed in the spring, and I'd like to come back and talk about that in addition yeah, to man, talking yeah, about what's happening at UVI. Well, well, let's get you here around the fair time because, you know, UVI plays a big part in the fair with tourism no and agriculture. Yeah. Okay, so let's yeah. let, let's work, let's target that in a couple of months. Okay. I appreciate that. that. Good. Congratulations, and thank you for your, your leadership over the last uh, decade and a half. We appreciate that. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. You Thank got you. it. That's, uh, Have Mr. a good day. Good. That's Mr. David Hall, uh, University of Virgin Islands president from 2009 and uh, July of this year, uh, of 2024, which is literally this year, because uh, this year coming, because today's the 13th. It was December 1st the other day, and we done that almost a full two weeks uh, into this thing uh, come tomorrow, which is a taste of two islands. Look, uh, I wanted to have a conversation with uh, Mr. Ernest Ruffin, right? Because he, he and I spoke last night. Um, he is part of, well, I'll make sure I pull up the text message conversation we had. He is a part of um, Young Entrepreneurs Solutions, right? Yes, U.S. Virgin Islands, right? And they got a HBCU classic, right? Um, uh, that's a historic black colleges and universities. Uh, basketball tournament this weekend. And um, UVI is playing in a tournament this weekend as well. Right? Try to get him on today. Um, Mr. Ruffin, if you listen, right? Because I don't want an aborted, right? An abbreviated. That's the way I turn can. Can't use that word abort right about now. It don't go over well, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> people are very, very sensitive to that, right? Because I don't want an abbreviated conversation, right? I'm going to get you on tomorrow uh, during the 9 o'clock hour. Okay? We got um, the tourism department coming on during the 8 o'clock hour, Mr. Ian Turnbull from festivals coming on between 8 and 9. So between uh, sometime in the 9 o'clock hour tomorrow, I'm going to get Mr. Ruffin on, Ernest Ruffin, so he could talk not only about the tournament, but uh, what his uh, group does uh, as well, you know, because it's a nonprofit teaching youth entrepreneurship globally um, <clears throat> uh, organization. And uh, uh, we appreciate uh, uh, what they're doing to uh, try to help uh, our young people. And they got uh, uh, an article in the St. Thomas Source, right, where they talk about um, St. John students, right, uh, take on the Yes Business Challenge. And they got a nice photo here. I see Mr. Ruffin here to to the left. I believe that's Pam Richards. Is it? Is it? Yeah, that's Pam Richards there as well. And a beautiful picture with our young people and people who are supporting, 
and, and the ages of middle school and high school. And, uh, and uh, Miss Pancham reached out to me uh, to let me know that uh, they're doing the tournament and he's here in the territory. So I definitely want to talk to him, right? So we got, um, you know, and he got uh, Dame Dash, right? He's a record producer and a music executive. I believe that got to do with um, Rockefeller. That's what I believe. I ain't sure, right? But they got some hip-hop uh, connections here uh, as well. So tomorrow, right? Uh, they actually got an article here in Forbes magazine from back in 2020. You know what I'm saying? So uh, looking forward to having a good conversation uh, with Mr. Honest Ruffin, right? From uh, the Yes, uh, make sure I say it's right, Young Entrepreneurs Solutions Organization. I apologize that we didn't logistically uh, make it happen today. And I got another great article here, Six Reasons to Visit the U.S. Virgin Islands. It's a September 2022 article. And all that good stuff. So, Mr. Ruffin, I, I, uh, I beg your indulgence, right? Forgive me, but we'll make it happen tomorrow because we got a problem with one of our, um, uh, some technical issues here, one of the lines, right? So we wanted to make sure because you heard um, Mr. Williams claiming that he, I was going in and out when he was talking to me. So we're going to work on that and bring that up to snuff. Don't forget, Taste of Two Islands tomorrow, right? Over there at the Antilles School, Marky Marion Center, Spectrum Band, Culinary Delights Left and Right. Know what I'm saying? Uh, the entire WTJX family going to be there. So come out and uh, talk to us. Excuse me. And I think we're good. Right? So I want to thank everybody who uh, participated today uh, in, uh, on the show. Um, Director Emma Williams from the VI Lottery. His two division heads, Miss Richards and Miss Muller. Also, um, Zeno Bain coming in. Don't forget, 5.30 to 7.30 tonight on St. Croix, right? The EPA discussion with the drinking water down at the Rotary, Rotary West. Uh, down there uh, adjacent to the Pali Joseph Stadium and of course uh, President David Hall for joining us here in the 9 o'clock hour. Be good and be safe. Uh, talk to you tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. WTJX's Taste of Two Islands is back. Join us at Antilles Mark C. Marin Center on December 14th for the long-awaited return of the taste, a culinary feast for the season. Hosted by me, George Culturman Silcat. Tickets are on sale now through Thursday, December 14th. Tickets are available at Chelsea's Drugstore in Red Hook, Barefoot Buddha across from Haven Site Mall, and Bonita's Cantina in Niski Shopping Center. Tickets can also be purchased online at wtjx.org forward slash taste or call 340-774-6255. Shuttle service will be available from Haven Site Parking Lot to the MCM Center. Don't miss this opportunity to experience the magic of local cuisine as you dance to the rhythms of Spectrum Band. Sponsors for this event are VI Lottery, West Indies Company, Cardo Wine and Spirits, First Bank, Bellows International, the VI Office of Highway Safety, the VI Housing Finance Authority, and the VI Public Finance Authority. It's the return of the taste, Thursday, December 14th at 6 p.m. A taste you can never forget.